Welcome to Bikini Diaries. I'm Naima Thompson, businesswoman and IFBB bikini professional. Here, you will get the inside scoop from many bikini professionals and myself as we dive deep into the inner core of our triumphs, hardships, and evolution. This podcast was made to inspire, resonate, and enlighten others with all talks bikini in hopes that you never give up on your dreams. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Now let's talk bikini. Dear Diary. This episode is brought to you guys by Team Boss Bodies. Have you ever wanted to prep for a show but have nowhere to start? Or are you that person who has no interest in prepping for a show at all, but you just want to get that really nice bikini bod? Or have you already accomplished your bikini bod and you've already been on stage, but you just want something a little bit more in your prep? You're just really ready to take it to the next level. Are you someone who wants to try a healthy approach to this dieting game? You want individualized attention and someone to be your guide telling you exactly what to do and when to do it and to also be your number one supporter. If you want to feel a part of a community where all of your goals really matter and you're achieving results and the results are actually maintainable, then I am so excited to invite you into the club. Team Boss Bodies is exactly for you. We specialize in women's health. We help women to reach their health and fitness goals. We believe in keeping food as high as possible and cardio as low as possible. We customize your meal plans to your likes and your dislikes. And we also create a plan that is sustainable for your life for the long haul. You also have the option of choosing a more flexible plan if you want to count macros. Each plan includes your training, nutrition, cardio, and supplementation. Plans are adjusted weekly to a bi-weekly basis, and you are checking in twice a week. There's ongoing assessment to target your strengths and your weaknesses, weekly consultations, and ongoing guidance. You get 24-7 access to your coaches through text and email. And let's not forget our perks. We have a Facebook group that's going to help keep you accountable and invite you into a community that loves you and that is on the same journey as you. And team shows to get all of our girls involved. So if this is for you and you're ready to give it a try, you can go to teambossbodies.com apply and use the code Bikini Diaries for 15% off your packages. Now let's get into the episode. You are listening to the Bikini Diaries podcast where we get to talk bikini and shed light on another professional's journey as a bikini pro. So today I want to talk boys, 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 and not just any boy, but the ideal partner for the stage. This journey is a tough one, and it takes a special kind of person to be capable of handling what we go through. So today we are going to discuss important qualities this bikini professional has found in her husband. We also discuss her hardships when she was younger as she and her family emigrated to America. The amount of success this woman has achieved is astounding. She is 44, 
a professional athlete. She left her corporate job to be a coach, and she also has her own line of booty bands. She has coined the term Obey the Booty, and one lucky winner will receive a booty band, so stay tuned for your chance to win. So without further ado, I am so excited and delighted to introduce to you IFBB Bikini Professional Michelle Hurst. Hey, Michelle, how are you? I'm great. I feel like I just saw you. Yeah. (laughs) It feels like I I just saw you, but it's also, it feels like so long ago. If that makes any sense. Yeah, it makes sense. Definitely. (laughs) So let's go ahead and start with that bikini hack. Just a series of questions just so we can get to know you a little bit better. Where are you from, Michelle? Um, I was born and raised in Manila, Philippines. Um, I moved to the U.S. when I was 12. And I've lived in California all my life. So uh, Northern California, I'm in San Jose. Okay, awesome. And how many years have you been competing? I've been competing since 2012. So was that six years? Six or seven years. Wow. So you are not new to this. No. (laughs) And how old are you, Michelle? I just turned 44 in September. Wow. That's (laughs) absolutely amazing. I didn't even know you were 44. Holy cow. Yeah. You look amazing. Absolutely incredible. Thank you. I just love it when I have women in their 40s on this podcast because people just feel like it's too late to start and they have to realize that like you can definitely do this sport. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, I started, I was, uh, I believe I was 38 or I just turned 38 when I started competing or Mm -hmm. I turned 38 in the beginning part of it. So um, definitely, uh, I feel, I feel old, but young at the same time. I think the sport keeps me young. Oh yeah, most <laughs> definitely. It keeps you looking amazing. Thank you. What do you do for a living, Michelle? Um, now I actually own a business with my husband. Uh, we coach athletes and also have lifestyle clients. We started it back in, I want to say 2013, but kind of slow. And it really ramped up in 2014-ish. So, um, it's called handsome muscle. I know it's a, it's a weird name because we have a lot more bikini athletes than men's physique or classic or bodybuilders. Right. But at the moment, but you'll get more, you'll get more. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if you like the story behind that was kind of really strange because, um, my husband, James is a competitor also, and he started competing with his friend, John Nguyen, Um, and one day they're just hanging out on the couch and they're like, we need a name. And they're looking at each other. It's like, well, we're handsome. We have muscle. Let's (laughs) call it handsome muscle. (laughs) Oh my God. I love that. That's awesome. So it kind of stuck, right? Because at the time it was like, I'm just looking at them like you guys are crazy. Like whatever like you're not really gonna call it that but they did um and it kind of just it stuck and it was just you know i didn't want to change it because it's been around so but we attract more i I guess female competitors because i started coaching so that's where we are 
No, well, I love the name. I think it's super catchy and you actually, it's something you actually remember. You know what I mean? Not one of those names <laughs> where you just forget. You're going to remember handsome muscle. What? I mean, and, and, and James always says, well, girls are handsome too. I'm like, yeah, you're right. That's true. Exactly. <laughs> Michelle, when and where did you get your pro card? I got my pro card in 2013 at the North Americans. Okay. And what's your favorite quote? My favorite quote is actually by Oprah Winfrey. Um, gosh, it's like, it, it means a lot to me. Just when I read it, it, it just really stuck. Um, basically, it says, challenges are gifts that force us to search for a new center of gravity. Don't fight them. Just find a new way to stand. I love that. Definitely. That's so, a whole new perspective. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's not just in this sport, right? I mean, as far as challenges goes, I mean, it's life in general. So it's really our responsibility and how we react to everything that's thrown at us. So, you know, you, you can be the person that, you know, um, have something bad happen to you or, or whatever it may be, like something that's just like, you know, you, you, that's just not, you're not happy about it and it's like, it's, it's something obviously you didn't expect, but at the same time, you have the power to turn things around. You have the power to make the most of it, mm. to, you know, put a positive spin to it. If, you know, that's just the way I see things. And I think, um, especially in competing, because this is such a, you know, it's a tough sport and you have to have such, you know, thick skin, um, to go out there, um, you know, show after show, I mean, the rejections, but at the same time, I, you know, it's like, it's not really rejection, right? I mean, they're, they're, it, it, who sh it's who shows up at the shows and you can look absolutely amazing and not do well, but at the same time, you know, somebody, it's just not the look they're, they're going for. I don't know. Exactly. If no, it definitely makes sense. And um, I definitely agree. You know what I mean? And it, it's just you choosing to continue to keep going is yeah. is um, what's making you a stronger person and a stronger <laughs> athlete and just in life in general. Exactly. I mean, so not I letting those that, moments knock you down. No, not at all. You know, and, and, and now, especially like mentoring, you know, my athletes and, you know, th there's a few of them after a show if they don't do too well. And it's like, the first thing is like, let's put the blame on other people or your things. And it's kind of like, no, let's, let's sit down and talk about this because you, you know, if you did absolutely amazing for, you know, for this show. It just, that it doesn't mean and just because you didn't win that, you know, that, that you did, you know, like that, that you didn't give it your all. Exactly. I think if you know on your own, like, okay, I'm going to give this 110%. It's like, there's nothing that can really, um, how do I want to say this? There's nothing that really can take that away from you. Like mm. you did this, like you, you went out there and you put yourself out there and you know, you dieted, you trained, you, um, I mean, just like, just, just a mental, um, uh, mental roller coaster through, throughout your journey. You, you, you got through it. 
Yeah. So, and it, it, it's one of those things too, like if you put in 110%, what, what else is left? Like there's nothing else you could have done. Like the exactly. end, <laughs> it's over. You know, you really can't, you can only control what you can, what you can control. Yep. Exactly. So Michelle, name one quality about yourself that makes you a strong athlete. Um, I, uh, for me, I think it's my drive. It's my stubbornness to not give in, give up. I've always been this way, um, not just in the sport, but obviously the sport has taught me to, you know, to, to be even more driven than I was before. Mm. Um, growing up with a single parent, you know, my brother and I immigrating to a country that, you know, like is so new, right? It's so big. And it's like, oh my gosh, left, you know, our families and we have families here, but not a lot, you know? Um, and then just kind of growing up, it's like, I had to, um, how do I say this? I, I just had to just make it work. Like it was hard to fit in at first, but you know what? I'm going to just be me. Mm-hmm. And if they don't like me, they don't like me. <laughs> and it's just, <laughs> and it's like, and I'm just driven in a part. Like if I, if I set my mind to something, I will do my very best, my absolute best to, to make sure I, I, I accomplish that. So, and, and where does this driving factor come from? Like what keeps you motivated to continue to have, um, this attribute that you have? Oh, I really don't know. It's just, it's, I've been asked this question before and it's, it's almost like I just do it. It's like, there's just to see if I can, I guess that's what it is. It's like, you know, it's like, why not try and do my darnest to, to, to accomplish what I want to accomplish? You know, it's like, um, with self-motivation. You know, yeah. Like working in the corporate America as a young woman, you know, I was in my twenties when I started working corporate America and, you know, you, you go in there, everyone's in their suits. They look at you. It's like, Oh, get me coffee. Cause you're a girl. You know, it's like, mm. no, I'm better than that. I'm, you know, and, and I worked my way up the corporate ladder and made sure that I was sitting in that conference room with all these suits and they had to look at me and they had to listen to me. So it was just, I was just, I, I feel like I had to do it to prove something, prove something to myself hmm. that I can. Why do you compete, Michelle? Why do I compete? Uh, Funny thing is, when I first started competing, James actually came home one day and he's like, uh, he, I mean, we, we were dating for a while and he lived in San Diego. So he moved to San Jose and he knew like not a single soul but myself. So he was just going to the gym a lot and met a couple guys. John Wynn is one of them. He's actually one of his best friends. He's also a men's physique pro. Um, he's like, Hey, you know, you want to try this men's physique competing thing? And James is like, what is it? <laughs> um, and he came home and he told me about it. And then I started looking into it and I started looking at the bikinis. I said, Oh my gosh, I want to look like these girls. 
but I don't know if I can actually get on stage. So I started just training, dieting and doing these things. And after a while I said, you know what, if I'm doing this, I'm going to go for it. You know, why not? Uh, from that first show, I was hooked. And it's just now I'm here. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's, I, I competed. Gosh. Uh, I think I'm in about my 44th pro show now. Oh my God. 44 pro shows. Yeah. 44, 45, somewhere around there. I, ah, I, have to, I hear I have that to number. Yeah, that's incredible. I hear that number and I think to myself, wow, I have a lot more in store for me. <laughs> so Michelle, bring us back to your greatest bikini moment. What was that? I actually think I know, but I, I Oh my gosh. Right. I might start crying here in a second. Um, greatest bikini moment was actually, I would say the Philippines. Um, yes, ah, <laughs> you looked amazing. Uh, being crowned the first, you know, Phil, uh, bikini pro champ in the Philippines was, it, it, it was surreal. It was, it, it was so amazing because I was able to do it in front of my family. Wow. And it was, I, I've told people this all the time. It's like going into a show. It's like, oh, you know, sometimes you, I get that anxiety, but I actually got there like, um, maybe a, a week before the show. And I spent my peak week there and I have never felt so calm going into a show. It's like nothing bothered me. And I was just like, I, I was just really at peace with everything. And, um, uh, and just hearing the crowd and seeing all of them there was insane. Sorry, I'm like tearing up. <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, I can only imagine. And, you know, you, it's been a while since you've actually been there. I, I would assume it's been a while since you've been back to yeah. the Philippines to see your family. Yeah, I was there in 2009. Oh, wow. Was the last time. So, yeah, I was like nine years later. So, um, and, and, you know, it's like, I, I was competing for so long and it was like, gosh, you know, when am I going to, you know, when am I going to get that win? And it was like, you know what? It's like, it led to that. And that was like, if I retired tomorrow, I'd be the happiest person because I accomplished that. Exactly. It goes back to, you know, sometimes it's just your day. It's your show. You know what I mean? Right. And and sometimes it's not. But the Philippines, that was your day. That was your show. That was your win. And and that's it's an ugh, I couldn't even imagine how you must have felt. Yeah, it, it was seriously like I, I, I fought back tears like walking on stage. That was I was so overwhelmed. Mm but in a good way. <laughs> so. So we're coming to a conclusion of our bikini hack. I feel like we've definitely tapped into who Michelle is <laughs> just in the few <laughs> minutes that we've been talking. But if you could pick one, what would you pick to be your favorite? Prepping, stage day, or post-show treats? Huh. I would say stage day. Okay. Um, stage day because it's at that day, that moment, you, you get to go out there and do what you love, showcase what you've been working for for so long, and 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 really sharing that with 
all the other bikini girls out there, you know, all the other pros that are just like um, having that same moment with you. And just, just, it's, it's like a celebration, right? It's like, you're celebrating this, like, you know, however long you prep, and this is the day you're going to go out there and just, and just dance and just show it all. (laughs) Exactly. And it's the one thing that you actually remember too. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's, there's so many things that you forget about some of those hard cardio sessions, but you remember, you know, each show that you do, you know, you just remember those experiences. So that's wonderful. I know you shared a little bit about like how your journey began, but Uh I kind of want to know a little bit about your background and your, your history and kind of like how you guys came to America. I mean, you talked a little bit about that, but I mean, that's just so surreal. It must've, um, it's something that not a lot of people have to endure and they can't understand it. So can you give us a little bit of like of how how the Philippines are versus kind of how America is and kind of how your life changed um, coming here? Sure. Um, so my dad passed away when I was six years old. So my mom basically raised my brother and I. Uh, we have a lot of family in the Philippines. My grandma took care of us as well. Um, you know, like we, we, we were actually very well off in the Philippines. It, we, we didn't struggle like most people did. Um, my mom always worked for, um, the U S government. Um, so she worked for the U S embassy. And when the opportunity came up that she was able to get a visa to migrate to the U S she talked to my brother and I, and I said, and, you know, see if we wanted to do it. And of course, as kids, it's like Disneyland, of course. Yeah. <laughs> like we want to go there. Um, so we came out here. Uh, I remember staying with um, our family, our aunts and uncles um, for like a week. And then my mom was able to find our own place in San Jose and but the toughest part, really, the transitioning was going to school at, at that at that age. You know, kids can be really cruel. Although we spoke English because it was taught in school, we we always you know we went to a private Catholic school in the Philippines, and then adjusting coming here and having to go to a public school that was pretty tough. Um, kids weren't so nice at, at first because we were different. Right. Mm -hmm. And then of course, you know, if you're not from here, oh, you're going to take, you know, uh, English as a second language classes. So that alone was like, oh my gosh, like, let's just bully these kids. So, you you know, you kind of went through that, but after a while, I think we just adjusted, um, adjusted to how things are here. Um, but making sure, and but, but my mom always made sure that, you know, like no matter what, it's like, we stuck to our roots and just be, be more compassionate, be kind and, and, and not really, um, not give in to the, the, the people that, that are so mean to us. Right. I mean, yeah. I could have easily like, you know, I remember coming home before and I'm like, mom, like this girl said this to me and I just, just really, really, really wanted to punch her. And then my mom's like, did you do it? I'm like, no, cause you told me I can't, you know? And it's like those kind of things, but you know, it's like, it's just growing pain. Just as kids, kids are kids. And I mean, I'm not saying it just happens because we immigrated here because you see it now you see it, you know, 
just in general. But mm-hmm. um, I think that was really tough. And then going into, and then about after that, you know, going into high school, things got better. Um, so, I mean, we've adjusted pretty well. I mean, how did yeah. your love for fitness come about though? Um, so I, I want to say I was in my twenties when I started like doing like kickboxing cardio kind of stuff. And I, I was just like, Oh my gosh, you know, this is cool. Like, um, it's fun. I'm, you know, I, I'm, I'm getting in a better shape, but I mean, but I didn't diet. So that was kind of like the downfall there. <laughs> but, um, so I started doing that and I started running and I thought, and then my fr- a girlfriend of mine is like, she was a runner. So I started doing races with her, um, 10 Ks. And then I did a half marathon one time, but then I injured myself. So I had to stop that right away. Hmm. Um, and it kind of evolved from there because I'm also a black belt by the way, <laughs> in mixed martial arts. So from, from doing like, you know, the whole kickboxing t- thing, the Muay Thai thing, it kind of evolved to, um, taking like martial arts to the, wow. you know, kind of took that to the next level. And it was actually, this is a funny thing because it was a challenge by one of our instructors. Um, I, I took these Muay Thai kickboxing classes at a karate studio and, um, our instructor challenged, uh, I think there's 12 girls that he challenged to train for nine months, nine months straight. Okay. Not a day off. Um, to obtain our first degree black belt. So oh basically a four so basically a four year course crammed into nine months, but you do double days, sometimes triple days. And I remember going, you know what? I can do this. Like why not? Like why like he chose me as one of the people. So you know what? He must believe in me. If he believes in me, I should believe in myself. So I did it. I mean, it was, it was brutal 4am in the morning till nine o'clock at night. I mean, I worked full time and, you know, in corporate America. So it was, it was tough, but I did it. Um, I was able to get my black belt, my first degree black belt. And then from there, it kind of just evolved into competing. Oh my God. The honorary teas are now available. I am stoked. These teas were designed by me and they represent everything this podcast is about. Strength, overcoming struggles, making the impossible possible, having a voice in the sport, and of course, never giving up on your dreams. If you want to be a supporter of this movement, then head over to naimafit.com shop to grab yours today. Use the code Bikini Diaries for 20% off your order. I will be ever so grateful. I think it's amazing that even doing Muay Thai, you know, the amount of training that goes into it is just very extensive. I know I get a little bit of uh, whiplash from people and <laughs> I tell them, you know, I'm, I'm in the gym like, you know, two, three hours a day. And if I'm not lean enough, sometimes a little bit longer than that. Right. And right. people think like, oh, my God, like, are you for real? And I'm mm-hmm. like, I am an athlete. We are right. athletes. We train. What do you think the football players do? Exactly. You, think, you know, people are always saying, you know, oh, you're overtraining or you guys do too much. And I think to myself, I'm like, no, I'm pretty positive 
all athletes are training, you know, just as much as we are very rigorously. And, you know, and it it just goes to show that I'm I'm glad that you mentioned that, you know, how much uh, work you you had to put into getting that black belt, because anything Mm -hmm. that you anything that you want in life, you have to work very hard for anything that you want. So that's amazing that that kind of led you to competing. And obviously, like your um, husband now kind of helped you um, you know, start competing. I'm actually kind of curious about, you know, you and your husband and kind of like the whole dynamic dating in the fitness industry. Like I, I mentioned to you earlier off, uh-huh. off, uh, off mic that what you have right now is something that we all have. And I don't know if people have noticed, but a lot of the times, a lot of females, I mean, probably in general, but just, you know, in the bikini world, mm-hmm. we get so caught up in competing that sometimes we forget about our love life or sometimes we forget about marriage or sometimes we forget about children. (laughs) (laughs) So what were some of, how, how did you guys, how do you guys make it work? How do you guys, you know, deal with, um, you know, having a relationship while competing? I think what helped us is actually we met before we started competing. Ooh. Yeah. So, um, we were dating for a year and a half before we decided to compete or before he decided to compete. And then I jumped on it. Mm. <laughs> um, so I think that really helped us. I, I don't know if I would have met him while in the, you know, competing already, if, if our relationship would, would be as good as it is. Um, I, I just don't know, but for for us, I think we make it work because James is seriously the most understanding person and the most patient person you're going to ever meet. <laughs> I don't know how he does it, but he is. Um, and we prep together for shows many times. We've competed at the same shows together many times. And I actually think it's easier. It's easier that we do it together because we understand each other. We understand what we're going through. So if he's having an off day, I know when to like, you know, just let him be. And if I'm having an off day, he knows when to let me be. So having that understanding really does help. And, but I've, I've heard with other couples that, you know, if they prep together, it's like, they want to kill each other. Um, (laughs) You know, I've read, I've heard that too, but for us, it's actually the opposite. It's um, I think it's made us, even stronger as competitors, as husband and wife, and as business owners. What do you think are some of the sacrifices that you guys have to make in order to make the relationship work? Uh, sacrifices. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, a lot of date nights kind of spent watching Dateline <laughs> and, and eating prep meals <laughs> instead of being wine and dine at nice restaurants. But um, I don't really know. I mean, <sighs> I do remember you saying that, um, oh, what was it we were talking about? Anniversaries, like you couldn't celebrate your anniversary yeah. and you couldn't celebrate a couple of things. Yeah. Yeah. Because of um, shows. Yes, I was actually flying to Colombia on Valentine's Day. And then on our two-year wedding anniversary, I flew to Japan. So, and, you know, I literally was home for 13 hours when I came back from Colombia. He picked me up from the airport. 
And then the next day I, I had to fly back out and he had to go to work. So I literally saw him for like, I don't know, three hours. <laughs> Do you think that that puts pressure on the relationship when you aren't able to celebrate certain holidays or certain gatherings like anniversaries or do you guys I mean it seems like you guys find other ways to make it work but does it ever put pressure on the relationship not for us I've never no not I, I can honestly say that it doesn't because when I came back, it was like, you know, he was so supportive because I mean, knowing that I was going to do these shows, I looked at the schedule and I said, babe, it's actually our, you know, anniversary. And he looked at me is like, well, you're planning to do another show in March, aren't you? And I said, yes. He's like, you're going to be on prep anyway. So you know what? Do the show. When you come back, we'll celebrate. And then you can finish, you know, your next show. Hmm. So he was, you know, like, I, I what, you know, it's, it's, it was crazy because I booked this trip and I booked this show and then I'm going, oh crap, it's our anniversary. But he was so understanding. He really was. And he's, he's like, it's okay. Because I mean, I mean in all honesty, I wasn't going to be able to do anything if I stayed home anyways. So, um, he planned an amazing trip to Napa the weekend I got back the following weekend when I got back and it was just, it was, it was really good. It was like, he did everything from plan, you know, like from planning the hotel to the wineries to dinner. It's like, I didn't lift a finger. Like I, I was just blown away. It was amazing. No, that's amazing. A lot of females, um, you know, hope to have this experience, but then on the other side, I know a lot of competitors don't have this experience. You know, Mm -hmm. if they miss something, I'm sure it puts pressure on the relationship. What tips would you give them in order to ease those situations? You know, communicate, really communicate, you know, and, and, and make sure that it's really okay with the, with, with your partner. I mean, I just had this conversation with one of my athletes today because, you know, she wanted to keep competing um, through the summer, but her husband wanted to plan this trip. And I looked at her and I said, you know what? You've been competing for a while. Shows are always going to be there. You know, you you need to really figure out what's important. If this is going to make your husband happy, I think you should, you know, stop with the shows and then go in the fall. I mean, and the, the stage is not going anywhere. That's what I always say. It's like, and as far as, you know, always wanting to jump in, I mean, I get the same way. I'm always, you know, wanting to compete, but I also have to pull back and, and, and James and I, luckily, you know, we communicate about things and I would never do anything if he's not a hundred percent on board with it and vice versa. No, that's sound advice. I love that. I've had um, experiences in the past where it hasn't really gone that way. Um, it's actually been like the opposite pressure on the relationship. Um, but it, it's it's interesting. Like, what do you think is the difference between someone who is actually being supportive and then someone who's just going with the flow? Like, you think that they're supportive. Maybe they show up, but they're not exactly supportive. Like, how do you differentiate between the two? I've seen this many times too. Yeah. (laughs) And it's it's like, I mean, really, you know, it goes back to, to having that understanding and, and really sitting down and, and being honest with each other. 
Um, if you feel like your significant other is not honest about being supportive of you, but you love this sport so much, you're going to do whatever it took. You need to reevaluate that relationship, in my opinion, hmm. because if he's going to resent you or she's going to resent you, you know, for, for doing what you're doing, then it's going to strain the relationship anyways. So instead of like going through the motions and pretending everything is great, have that moment to really sit down and, and have that conversation and, and get to the bottom of it. Hmm. No, I definitely think that's sound advice. I definitely think Coming from my experience in the past, I just feel like you have to figure out what it is that you truly want and mm -hmm. everything in your life has to be geared toward getting you to exactly. what you want in your life. And that's the people in your life as well. And um, so it, it's definitely very, very tough. And, and, you know, even like competing, competing is very similar to having, um, you know, a, a – any kind of goal that you have in your life, whether it's a financial goal or it is a, you know, a job that you want to achieve. So if that person really isn't all for the competing goal, they may not be all for any of the other goals that you have in your life as well. It's kind of, it's kind of like, it's a, it's a specific kind of, it takes a kind of, a specific kind of person to really um, show that support. And I love right. that you mentioned, you know, really evaluating the relationship instead of going with the flow. <laughs> right. I mean, because I mean, what are you gonna do three years down the line when this person says, you know what, I'm over, you know, it's like, yeah, I wasn't, you know, I haven't been supportive of you for this long. It's like, why would you want to waste your time with someone? Mm -hmm. Oh, and you know, and vice versa. It's like that person should be the Everyone should, you know, they should be happy with, with who they're with and exactly. what they're doing in life. Mm -hmm. So how do you find the perfect man to date while you're in prep? <laughs> uh, that, that I don't know, because like I said, I met him before I started competing. <laughs> Darn it. <laughs> um, so, I mean, but what qualities do you think that the man has to have in order to be able to handle what we go through as competitors? I think that the person has to be patient. Mm. Um, the person has to um, be, uh, let's see, patient and just very, you know, supportive and, and, and understanding. Patience is, is very, very important. I know my boyfriend now is extremely patient um, with me and, and my decisions. And also they, they just have to really be selfless. They have to be right. selfless, you know, have that right. characteristic, that quality about themselves that's a little bit more selfless. Um, I think that being in a relationship with someone, we tend to be selfish. I mean, we're extremely selfish before we get into the relationship. Right. So when we get into the relationship, we have to realize we have to be a little selfless and realize that it's it's not just about you. It's about us. And, you know, both of us have to be equally, um, you know, happy. So I think a little bit of a selfless quality about you know, right. a, a man is very, um, very attractive very, along with the patients. Right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, James is seriously like patient. He's very kind. He's, he's just, he's just very caring. Mm -hmm. Um, 
And you mentioned you you mentioned um, communication. Like you guys communicate very well. You know, right. you're able to communicate things. I think that's mm-hmm. also another good quality to have. Yeah, I was just telling um, actually one of my athletes yesterday. We were talking about this because she had asked me a few questions about our relationship and how supportive James is. And I said, well, for the last you know we've been together almost nine years, married for two. Um, I can literally count in one hand how many fights we've had and maybe like two times it was like a big fight and the other ones were just like, eh, whatever, you know, just little arguments. And it's, it's crazy to me because I've been in other relationships where, gosh, you know, like you're always so just, you don't know how, how where the relationship is going to go like from week to week with him. <laughs> <laughs> I love your honesty with that one. (laughs) Right? I mean, it's true. But with him, it's like, I'm, you know, like, I can trust that he's going to be there for me. Like, I have, like, he literally, and that's another thing. Trust is the most important thing. He's very Mm -hmm. trusting. I'm trusting. It's like, you know, if he wants to go out with his guy friends, I go out with my girlfriend. It's like, we don't give each other like, Oh, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Like some relationships have that. It's like, you have to be able to trust your partner. 100%. No, definitely. And and I think that's, you know, um, one of, one of his really best qualities is he's a very trusting person. Like Mm -hmm. I can really like, I have no worries at all. Speaking of uh, being trusting and going about, I know I noticed that you do a lot of international shows. Yes. Why is that? Um, you know what? This year, I mean, when they started uh, putting international shows and I said, well, I mean, I've been competing for this long. Um, why not? Like, why not see the world while I'm in this sport? Mm-hmm. I mean, if, you know, if, it's, 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 it's amazing. I love it. I really love going and I love meeting other competitors from other countries. Um, it's just, oh gosh, it's just such a great experience. What do you think are the benefits? Uh, and competing wise? Competing abroad. Competing abroad. I think, you know, getting seen by other judges uh, is one of the main things why I started doing it. Um, you know, you, you, you compete here in the States. It's like, if you go to the East coast, Midwest, you're going to be seen by the same ones, right? You, yeah. And West coast. So for me, it's like, especially with this point system <laughs> in place, mm. it's like, everyone's always going to be pretty much in the same shows. So you can kind of pretty much know which competitors are going where. So take the risk. I said, you know what? I'm going to take the risk and go abroad and see what happens. What do you think has been some of the setbacks that you've encountered going abroad? Some setbacks. Um, obviously, you know, you, at first you don't know what look they're look, what, what they're going for. So it, it's very much different from, you know, show to show, obviously, but more so when you go abroad, I think. Um, so it's just kind of, getting you know your body to look a certain way but not compromising what you want to look like on stage if that makes any sense Mm -hmm. because I always say like I want to go on stage 
the way I want to go on stage. But I'm going to take the judge's feedback and tweak accordingly, but I'm not going to lose myself either. Mm. So I, I think that's, you know, that's pretty tough because especially if you, you know, if you just started doing it. So being seen by certain people, you, you don't know what, what they want. You don't know what they're looking for. So you take the risk and just hope for the best. Yeah, I've noticed also like competing abroad, like you may know the head judge, but all the other judges, like you said, they're, um, you know, they're newer. So or they're different or I don't know if they're newer. Maybe they're only judging international shows. So you don't really know what they're going for. You may know what the head judge is going for, but you don't really know about the other judges. So Mm -hmm. you're kind of like. You know, you're just kind of going to figure it out. And then obviously it's a little bit more expensive than a show in the States, of course. Well, I mean, you know what? I thought that at first, but if you actually plan your trips ahead of time and start just kind of, you know, start looking at airfares and hotels, it comes out about the same, Mm. honestly. It's, I mean, you know, obviously the hard part is the travel time with your body adjusting to to everything. But as far as cost, I mean, I compete competing in Japan was pretty much the same if I competed like in the Midwest. Hmm. Like comparing us. You, you know, hear that ladies? So if you want to become a <laughs> pro and you want to compete internationally, you know, just plan, do it. Right. And I've, it. I've, I've actually taken a, a lot of my athletes abroad with me to compete. And it's, it's been great. Like, um, we, one of my girls actually turned pro in the Philippines. Oh, wow. So that, so that was great. Um, couple first places, you know, a couple girls that had to battle out for that overall, which was like, it was like nerve wracking, but it was so exciting to see, you know, your girls up there, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of, it sucks that only one of them will get it. <laughs> yeah. That's tough. <laughs> so it's kind of like, ah. But um, actually, you know, when I went to Japan, one of my girls came with me, um, Jen came with me, and she competed in the Philippines as well. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. I mean, I have some girls right now that are planning the, their international trips. And so. is there any um, shows that you recommend if someone wanted to compete abroad? Oh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I would say all the muscle contest shows are actually really good as far as, you know, um, the, the show day and, and how things are ran. Mm-hmm. I kind of compare it to the way muscle contest runs their shows here in the U.S. Oh, definitely. To me, to me, it's just like they they know what to do. It's just like clockwork. Like, you don't it's it's like it's easy and, and, and puts the stress, you know, there's no stress to to, to you or your athletes. And. Um, you know, there's a couple hiccups when we did the Philippines and obviously Japan because it, it's new. So, but compared to other shows I've been at abroad, it's actually um, ran better. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say, I mean, I mean, you know, I'm just comparing it to the shows I've been in. So now I've that- I've also noticed that, and, and no offense, because I I love muscle contest shows too. But I've noticed mm-hmm. that you've done quite a bit of muscle contest shows. Is this yes. like is there a strategy to this? Um, I feel like I get really honest feedback from Tamer and Tarek. Mm-hmm. I feel like the feedback I receive from them, I can actually go back and and, and work with. <laughs> 
Um, I've received other feedbacks from other judges that are kind of like, uh, you know, more generic, I guess. Mm-hmm. That, that's just the way I, you know, that's just my opinion. And muscle contest is all, and, um, also really close. And they have a ton of bikini pro shows. So it's kind of, it's just easy, mm-hmm. easy to get to. Would you say there is a a strategy to choosing shows once you become a professional? Do you recommend having a strategy or is a strategy kind of irrelevant? Like, does that not even really matter? <laughs> oh gosh. It's really tough because you can strategize. I mean, I think there's definitely, um, uh, advantage to, to strategizing. Um, because you don't, you want to get in front of judges that you, that you, that you know, likes your physique, right? So you're not going to go to a judge knowing that they put your last call out to, you know, three to four shows in a row and telling you the same thing. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, um, yeah, I think there's definitely a benefit to it. You know, it's like, Competing is so expensive too. So you have to strategize because financially it's like, you're going to go broke. <laughs> so what would be the best way to strategize? Best way to strategize, I think is to, I mean, if you have a coach, which I always recommend, I mean, I still have a coach, even though I'm a, you know, have my own team. Um, I think talking with your coach and, and talking with the judges and really figuring out what, what they want you to work on. And from there, kind of, you know, and, and run with it and, and see where that leads you. Um, but at the same time, it's like you can strategize all you want, but it's nothing's ever guaranteed. So you can't, you know, um, you just go do your best and, and, and hopefully they'll like your look that day. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you just never know what the judges are going to say. I remember specifically after Japan, you mentioned to me that I need to be a little bit fuller. And I thought this was very interesting because a lot of females get this critique a lot. They receive this. What exactly does that mean? You need to be a little bit fuller. So like fuller meaning like, uh, like you're, like your muscle belly's popping a little bit more, not so much like hardness, but like full muscle bellies. Um, I mean, the, the feedback I received was actually I was too full this show, which is okay. kind of actually not not too full. So it, I guess I kind of interpreted it that way because I was always told that I came into shows lean and hard. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I tried to find that balance to um, not come in as lean as I I have been. So I came in a little fuller, but then the head judge basically said, you know what, I've told you before that I liked you a little softer, a little fuller, but now that I see you that way, I actually like you harder. <laughs> oh my so, gosh. So, so it's kind of like, Okay, I guess I go back to what I actually like. (laughs) That's crazy. So just touching on the fullness again, um, how does one achieve like becoming more fuller? Like how do you become more fuller? And and um, yeah, like exactly how do you do that? (laughs) I would say it would probably just be um, 
it really would depend on your your peak week strategy right or or even like the day of the show like mm. how your carb up how your water intake i mean it's a lot of manipulation so trust me i'm still trying to find that balance of fullness hardness and softness <laughs> so how do you bring your girls in to come in a little bit more fuller um more their, their carb up is a little different um okay. i have girls that are very lean and like come in pretty hard so then we just bump up their carbs a little bit more keep their water intake higher okay um, so drinking a little bit more water yeah, having a little yeah. bit more carbs that could make you a little bit more fuller on stage yes oh some some coaches do sodium you know it just really depends mm. and i think it depends you know everybody's different so it's a lot of experimentation also yeah definitely you have to kind of find that happy medium right Right, exactly. So tell us a little bit about, speaking of being fullness, let's go down south. Tell us a little bit about your Obey the Booty. Where exactly did you uh, come up with this? Um, it's so funny because, well, my husband's Instagram name is Obey the Bolt because he love, he's born and raised in San Diego and loves the Chargers. So okay. that's always been his, you know his Instagram name. And we were just talking about this. Um, just one day doing booty workout. And he just, I think he just said, obey the booty. I was like, Oh my gosh. Hashtag. <laughs> Hashtag obey the booty. Um, and then it was, it just evolved from there. You know, my, my booty workouts. Um, and then I created the obey the booty bands just this year. So, which is amazing. I actually, um, went on, it went on sale like January I, I sold out in a month so I'm waiting for my next shipment so it's been it's been good awesome so yeah. that's amazing like how yeah. much are your bands they're $30 and okay. there's three and there's three bands total and it comes with a four-week obey the booty program awesome and where could we purchase this and you said you were you were sold out of course but whenever when will you be getting a new shipment in um it should be coming in at the end of the month um so i will keep everyone posted on instagram it's uh you can get it on my website at michelledhurst.com Great. We'll definitely have to look into that. That sounds amazing. I absolutely love bands. What would you say is the like the best exercise using your bands in particular? Um, I love doing just, you know, lateral movements with it, lateral side lunges. Um, I love doing, you know, fire hydrants, that sort of stuff. Mm. Just fine tuning the glutes. Yep. I mean, you know, it's like bands aren't going to build, you know, like they're not going to build your butt, right? But it's going to obviously help, hmm. you know, with your training program. Definitely. I use bands for, you know, even on my weighted workouts. I start out with it for glute activation, um, use it when I'm doing hip thrusts, squats, um, deadlifts sometimes. And then I sometimes I will end my workout with just uh, burnout with bands. Michelle, what are your goals this year? Like, what are you planning on doing? I know you just did the Japan Pro with me. Yay. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's where we got to hang out a little bit. I yes. absolutely loved it. Um, what, are you, what are you doing next? I'm actually competing in San Diego on March 30th. 
Yay! That is yep. so exciting. So you are not stopping at all. What are your what are your what are your goals after the well, San Diego? Are you trying to go my, back to the Olympia? That is the goal. <laughs> I'm We're hoping. not just getting on stage just, you know, to promote bands. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um that is the goal. Um hopefully I can um add to my Olympia points and and make it up this year. I mean, you know, last year was a little tough. I competed in a lot of shows and to fall short, you know, getting on that stage was, uh, it stung a little bit, but at the same time, it's like, you know what, you just get back on it and see what happens this year. Yeah. How many shows did you do last year? Last year I did 12 shows total. Oh my goodness. And, you know, I did notice that like a, a lot of the times I, um, you know, saw that you did shows and you always mention, oh, I didn't get my Olympia points this time, but I'm going to keep going. Like, how exactly do you handle that type of failure? Or I should say setback, whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and uh, you know what? It's it's like, it's one of those things for me. It's like, I, I'm not just saying this. I really do feel like when I get off stage, yes, it's things. Yes, of course, I wanted those points. But at the same time, it's, it's like, I just, it's like a switch in my head that, you know what, Michelle, you're not going to be sulking about this. You're just going to keep going. Hmm. And that's just what I just have to do what I have to do. So, you know, I might take like a couple days off, but then I'm right back on it. No, I love that mentality. I remember coming back from China and then again, coming back from Japan and being like, mm-hmm. man, I wanted those points, you know, I wanted those right. points. You know, but at the end of the day, I'm like, I just saw the world. Like, right. Are you like one in a million people get to do this? Like, exactly. It's not all about the points. I mean, obviously you want it and you're going to keep going, but it's just like so much more to life. You know, it's, it's definitely a highlight of your life, the competing, but it's just so many things more that you can definitely take from every experience, which is awesome. You know, a Um, lot of, a lot of us uh, experience hardship Mm-hmm. Is there ever a time to really call it quits? Um, I haven't had that yet. <laughs> Luckily, I haven't had that thought in my head that, you know, this is it for me. Um, so, oh no, I hasn't happened yet. <laughs> hasn't happened yet. You're like, I'm still going. I'm still strong. Like, give me what I'm, you got. Yeah. I mean, I'm planning on competing this March and then maybe take a month you know, kind of just decompress a little bit and then back at it and hit the July show in, in Vegas. So okay. that, that's, that's my plan. Oh, okay. <laughs> and, and, and see what happens. I love that. Is there any particular opportunities that have come your way since you've, you know, become a pro and you've been doing this for now six years? Yeah. I mean, you know, I've had, I work with a lot of few companies, you know, with sponsorship that really definitely helps out. Um, like I said, competing is not cheap and I compete a lot. <laughs> so, um, and the opportunities as far as like my, uh, owning our own business. I mean, I worked for corporate America for 20 plus years and for me to be able to retire from that at age 40, I mean, this sport has a, done a lot for me, you know, and, and to be my own boss and just work from home and do what I want when I want. I mean, that alone is like winning. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. So. That must have been like a tough decision in your life to, you know, quit that job and to do this full time. 
Yeah, it was scary. It was really scary because I left something that was so stable and just, you know, um, I mean, it was a great job, but at the same time I was burnt out. So, and competing was, was taking like a lot of my time. So it was, uh, took the risk and switched over to what I'm doing now. Yeah. And now you have obey the booty bands. Yes. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I love it. So we are coming to a close. I have absolutely loved talking to you and learning so much about you, Michelle. Now we're going to um, start the Bikini Diaries question. If there is one thing you could confess, whether it be good or bad, about your experiences as a competitor, fill in the blank, dear diary. Oh, Gosh, I really, I've, I've had pretty good experiences. So it's, um, this one's tough for me. I don't know what to say with this one. I mean, the only thing I really regret, I mean, it's not something I've done, but I think it's like looking up to, to someone that for so long, because, you know, they're in social media and, 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 and they're a bikini pro that you looked up to um, while you were an amateur and then finally competing with them on the pro stage and getting to know the real person. It was like, wow, why did I even idolize you? <laughs> <laughs> love it. I love your realism. We all love it. So <laughs> thank you for your confession. What advice would you give to someone wanting to become a bikini professional in the sport? I would say you need to be 110% committed mentally first. Mm -hmm. This sport is so much more mental than physical. So if, if you're not there, you're setting yourself up for failure. Um, I think that this sport needs you you know you need to have a tough skin and besides that you need to make sure your finances are there because again this sport is very expensive and if you think that every company out there that you shout out on social media is going to sponsor you and pay for you well guess what that's not going to (laughs) happen Just because they give you free stuff doesn't mean you are sponsored. You need to get paid. Yes. No, I I love that. Thank you so much for your honesty. We all love you. We all want a booty band. So where can we find you, Michelle? Find me at michelledhurst.com and michelleifbbpro on Instagram. Yay. Thank you so much for being on. Thank you for having me. This is so much fun. And now for the moment you've been waiting for. One lucky winner will get an opportunity to win a booty band by Michelle Hurst. And the way to enter is to just leave a review in iTunes. And don't forget, obey the booty. If you love this episode, just as much as I love this episode, and you know someone who may love this episode, just as much as you and I loved this episode, please pass them on to me. It would mean the world to me if you could help me help others. So please, if you loved it, 
it takes 30 seconds to leave me a five-star review and share with all of your friends. Thank you so much for tuning in today and always remember to never give up on your dreams.